You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Elk Point Baptist Church of South Dakota or Elk Point Baptist Church, South Dakota or of SD, just something there. Uh, so that's probably what we'll do unless somebody gives me something. I mean, it, again, it's pretty simple, but it's like it kind of stinks and I think that might, might have been one of the reasons I tried to do the EPBC originally is to make it a little bit different, but that's when, when people are looking for Elk Point Baptist Church, I don't think they say, oh, I think I'll just put an EPBC. Um, so it makes it kind of hard to find. Uh, but we're working on that. Uh, and we, I mean, I just, I mean, I know once we do that, we will get uh, just tens and tens of views. And so it's a really exciting uh, prospect there. But uh, but no, really, we have uh, we do have uh, have some videos that have gotten quite a few over the years. But it's not about getting views as far as just for the sake of it. You do hope people will watch and people will share. Um, you know, one of my goals for this year is to get uh, 150 subscribers. We got uh, maybe I should go for 200 subscribers, but we got just just under 100 subscribers right now. Uh, 92 subscribers. All right, thank you, Bowen. Uh, but uh, we'd like to get that uh, number up as well. Uh, all right, in the book of Romans, we've been looking at Romans chapter number one, and uh, the, the overall theme we've been looking at is the perspective of, of an effective servant for Christ, and of course we know the Apostle Paul was, was and is a great example of what it means to be a faithful servant for Christ and an effective servant for Christ, so we'll be considering some of the insights that we find out of Romans chapter number one, and today we're going to be emphasizing the message that he carried, and we're going to be thinking a little bit about being not ashamed of the gospel. We talked about this not too long ago. As I was studying this this morning, I was thinking, man, this sounds really familiar. Uh, But the reason why is because it hasn't been too long ago that we were going through uh, a Sunday school series about sharing our faith, sharing the gospel with others. Uh, And so obviously we spent time on this. uh, But again, it's a good, good place to start. But man, what an idea as we think about an effective, uh, an effective servant of God. Man, we've got to have the right message. We've got to have the right motive. We've got the right means through the power of the Holy Spirit of God and the gospel. But we've got to emphasize that, you know, um, as a church, by the grace of God, uh, man, we want to make, uh, you know, for one thing, since the Lord's blessed us with the building, uh, we want to, I want to make the building as, as attractive and comfortable for people when they come in. Uh, you know, we've got, uh, we're, we're, we've got the greeting team that we're, uh, that we're trying to get, uh, you know, a weekly and consistent about uh, just the, the, the greeting team. And, and we do all that because we want people to be welcome and we want to give people gift bags and, and, uh, and we want to we be, be a place where people want to come. We want to offer ministries to where to be a blessing to people. Uh, but the, the, we do all of that, but in, behind all of it is sharing the gospel, amen? It is the message because uh, we are not trying to become the best club in town. Uh, right? We're not trying to become the best social club in town. We carry the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that which has the power to really change lives, uh, to really change lives. Because you think about it, you know, when it comes to clubs and groups and stuff like that, normally you've got to figure out how to conform to kind of fit in, don't you? Uh, if you've ever been a, a, a member of some group or something like that, some fraternity. Uh, but when it comes to the, to the church of God, man, that's not the case, is it? I mean, you come in and we love you, for, we love you because God loves you, amen? And God puts a love in our heart for people. And we believe 
and, and know that God's got a purpose and that he can do great things in people's lives. Uh, and so therefore, we don't, we don't get too hung up on people's backgrounds or any of that, man, because we know what Jesus can do in their lives. And we know the power of the gospel. Uh, you know, and I've, I've, I've used the illustration before, but I, uh, I know that uh, I've, have, I've had people actually tell me, uh, you know, things like, you don't want somebody like me in your church. Um, you know, guys that I've worked with, and I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but guys that I've worked with, I'll invite to church. Uh, or they'll be talking to me about coming to church, and, and another guy will hear them talking to me about coming to church, and they'll be like, oh man, I wouldn't want to be there that day, because, you know, God's going to bring the whole church down on them, or, or lightning's going to strike, or, or whatever, you know. People just get these misconceptions. But I'm saying all that to say, uh, keeping, in, keeping at the forefront of what we want to accomplish as a church is we want to bring glory to God, uh, we want to uh, love God, we want to love others, uh, we want to love other Christians, we want to love people that aren't yet Christians, show the love of Christ to other people, and try to help people to grow in their relationship with Christ once they know Christ as Savior. We've got a purpose, we've got a plan, we've got a mission, and as servants, what we do, we just need to keep working toward that great cause, and so to where in some way or the other, Virtually everything that we do is somehow working toward those things. And so thinking about this, this main message of the church and of the Christians in Romans chapter number 1, and we've been reading many of these verses, but I'm just going to focus here on verse number, uh, well, let's start with verse number 14 because we didn't really get here, but I want to read 14 to 16 where the Apostle Paul says, I am debtor. I am debtor. I, I owe a debt, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. So we start thinking about the, 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 the perception, the perspective of the effect of Christians. Paul gives a big glimpse of it right here. He says, I'm debtor. He says, you know what? I owe it to the world. Um, would somebody mind looking up for me the verse, and you may, I, I'm not giving you a reference here, uh, I'm not trying to quiz you, but I just thought about the passage that says that we, that we, have, this, uh, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. I'm asking somebody to look that up, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, and then, uh, another ver there's another verse I was thinking about, um, oh man, it, oh no, okay, I think it's in 1st or 2nd Timothy, uh, and I'm thinking about sharing the gospel but first of all i'm thinking about the debt that paul felt he he felt he owed a debt to the world to, to the people around him let's see if i can find it uh anybody find that other verse yet all right second corinthians 4 7 would you mind reading that
Amen. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a number of other, other verses I, I think about. Uh, here's, the, here's the other verse that came to mind. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11, and I would invite you if you, can, if you can think of some of these other verses that carry along that theme of I am debtor, but 1 Timothy 1, 11, the Bible says, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust which was committed to my trust. Then he goes on to say, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And uh, just I want to read those again, and just in case you weren't, you could follow along, mark it down and read it later. 1 Timothy 1.11, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. If you're saved by the grace of God, the gospel has been committed to your trust. God has trusted you with the gospel. Then he says, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me. Because that's the trouble. We talked about last week some of the, some of the hindrances to surrendering to the Lord. But a part of that could be a part of surrendering to the Lord in, in regards to sharing the gospel with others. Trying to lead others to Christ. Um, you know, at the, at the very least, uh, you know, I, Emily, I, Emily and I were speaking before Sunday school, and she was just sharing with me some of the folks that she's been inviting to church. Uh, you know, by the grace of God, if you get people here, I want to give the gospel to them, amen? And, and we can, they can hear the gospel, they can see the gospel, hopefully lived out uh, through the people here as well. Uh, but that's a big stage. So many people that get saved get saved in church. But we share the gospel. So he hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And then I love this again in 1 Timothy chapter number 1, where the Bible says, verse number 15, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Isn't that a blessing? Uh, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners who, uh, of whom I am chief. So I think about some of these passages. Uh, anybody got another passage they can think of where that may be along the lines of, of an, an indebtedness to share the gospel with others? Anybody got a verse like that? We don't hear those verses very often. I'm thinking of another one in Galatians, I believe. Um. But regardless, the, the, the point being that through the Word of God, we find out that since we've been committed with this gospel, uh, that we have a, it's been put into our trust to share with someone else. So first of all, he said his perspective is, I am a debtor. I am a debtor. But I, not only does he say he's a debtor, he says, verse 15, so as much as in me is, I'm ready. So he says, I'm a debtor to give the gospel, and I'm eager to give the gospel. Now, I don't know about you, but our perspective, and by the way, the, I think the perspective may be growing more and more in this world is that we don't know anybody anything, right? We don't know anybody anything. But from a Christian's perspective, he says to the Greeks, to the barbarians, basically he's saying to everybody, Everybody around us, everybody especially that we have an opportunity, um, I think especially of people that, that we come in contact with that nobody else will come in contact with, uh, perhaps, or there's no guarantee. 
But we have people in our lives, every one of us right now, we have a number of people in our lives that, for instance, nobody else in here may not cross paths with, at least in a significant way. Um, you work with people. You have people in your family. You know people that I may not give the opportunity to, to speak to ever. Um, and, and maybe someone else in here may not get the opportunity to speak to. But man, you and I have been entrusted with this message, this glorious message, this glorious truth, that the love of Christ. Uh, so he, he says, I'm debtor. And so that's, uh, again, the favorite thing of people today is not to hear about responsibility, right? Uh, as a matter of fact, you, you may or may not know this, I don't mention it very often, but there's a lot of biblical truths that are left out of a lot of modern churches. And responsibility is one of them. Because a lot of uh, some of the modern uh, thought, thought idea churches are just like, okay, what's the things people like to hear? Do, 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 do. What are things people don't like to hear? Okay, we're going to talk about things people like to hear. We're not going to talk about things people don't like to hear. People do not want to come to church and hear, hey, you've got a responsibility. They don't want to hear that, so let's not talk about that. Let's talk about all that, that, that we can give or all that, you know, let's talk and, and just, but, but, but not, let's not focus on the responsibility. But folks, I think it's a divine responsibility. I think it's a privilege when you realize that God Almighty has given you something. He's committed something to your trust to share with the world, to share with someone. And, and much like the Lord Jesus Christ, I love the way the Lord Jesus Christ, because sometimes, especially in some of our circles, we can get this idea of sharing the gospel uh, not totally wrong, but th there can get this idea to where all we do, Ron, is just preach at people all the time. Uh, well, that's not the, the right idea. We may, we may preach to people when we get the opportunity to, but man, when you look at the pattern of the Lord Jesus Christ himself especially, I just think often about the time, and one of the things I, uh, I need to do a better job at, and I, and I want to do a better job at it, but I love the fact that Jesus like, literally would just share a meal with somebody, spend time with people. Uh, and, I, and I love doing that, but, but, but in doing that, we, we, we begin to invest in people's lives and, and, and people, maybe people begin to open up to us and it gives the opportunity to share the gospel, to share the love of Christ. But he said, I am a debtor to uh, the Greek and the Jew. And uh, so we carry a great message and we're in debt to those around us. I'm glad that somebody felt the responsibility to share the gospel with me. How about you? I'm glad somebody said, you know what, this may be uncomfortable, uh, it may be awkward, but I think I want to tell Jesse about Christ. I'm glad somebody was willing. I'm glad Franco, when I was a teenager, was willing to try to share Christ with me. Uh, I'm glad that preacher James Ellis was uh, not ashamed to get up and preach the gospel. And there had to be something inside of him. I don't know. He was an older man by now, a lot older than I am now, so I don't know Maybe by the time you get that age, there's some things that change. But I can't help but think that there was a part of him or something inside of him when he had everybody stand at that funeral. And at the funeral, I said, and at the funeral, uh, say, is there anybody here that's not saved? Lift up your hands. <laughs> Started giving an invitation at the funeral. I, I can't help but believe there wasn't a part of him or some voice inside of him said, idiot, don't do this. You know, this is a funeral, dude. Uh, this isn't, you know, a Billy Graham crusade. Uh, 
But, but, but you know what? I'm glad that he gave an invitation anyway. And I'm glad he preached the gospel. Uh, because had he not, uh, hey, maybe I would have felt comfortable. Maybe I would have left thinking, oh, that was a nice experience. Uh, but but if, if he wouldn't have done any of those more awkward things, but I'm telling you, I wouldn't have left under conviction. And I probably wouldn't have got saved later on. You, you see, it, it's, it's a message uh, it's, it's that, that's given to the Greek and to the, the barbarian. Again, I'm glad that there's not anybody. I, I, one, one thing that, that I take is just a huge thing. And, and church, it's something we've got to guard. We've got to constantly be on guard to what God's given us at Oak Point Baptist Church. Because I'm telling you, it really is a special thing. Special group of people, special spirit. Uh, and we've got to guard that. Some of us can think of times in our lives where we've been hesitant to invite people to church. Not because we were ashamed to invite them to church, but just because we knew, oh, if they come, are they going to be made feel, to feel welcome? You know, uh, man, I would invite this, this young woman, but man, the way she dresses, I don't know how she'd be received if she was to come to church. You know, or I, 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 would, uh, I would invite this uh, person that's living some uh, lifestyle that we are totally opposed to, but boy, what if, what if they're mistreated? Uh, or whatever. They, and, and honestly, be, be honest with you, for some of us, there's been times it's just been a totally normal person and we were just scared to invite them because people were jerks or mean or, 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 some, or there was such a pharisaical spirit in the air. Um, and, and I hope you've never been a part of a church like that, but I know there's been times in my life that I've been hesitant to invite someone to church or that I've been hesitant, or if I've been in an area, I've been hesitant to say, oh, you know what, you could go to this church over here because I'm thinking, I don't know. They, uh, they may make it a point to make sure that you don't feel very welcome there. Um, so, but by the grace of God, people have told me, man, it's nice to come to a church where I feel like I can invite people. I don't have to worry about it. I know no matter what, they're going to recede with the love of Christ. They're going to hear the truth. Uh, again, without apology, uh, we're not, again, I, I'm not, I don't have the list of things people want to hear and don't want to hear, and I'm preaching off the list of things people want to hear. I've got the Word of God, and I'm just a messenger boy, uh, and I've just got to be faithful to deliver what God has given to all of us. Uh, but when I speak the truth, with the help and grace of God, I'm going to speak the truth in love. And with compassion. When I preach on hell, I want to preach on hell with a tear in my eye. You know, kind of goes back to the old thing. I just made such an impression on me years ago, you know, about a, uh, uh, two different preachers that preached on hell in the, in the same uh, church within, on the same day, I think. Uh, and uh, as they asked one of the people that come forward to get saved after one man's message, they said, well, he preached on hell like, one of the preachers preached on hell like he wanted me to go there. The other preacher preached on hell like he didn't want me to go, like Jesus didn't want me to go. You know, you, there's a difference, isn't there? I mean, you know, we, we, we got to preach against sin and what the Bible says, but you don't do it from some you know, pharisaical angle, like you're trying to beat people down or anything. Man, by the grace and help of God, we're trying to help people when you preach the word. But so he says, I'm a debtor, uh, both to the Jew and the So it doesn't matter who they are. Uh, but then he says, I'm eager. And I love that. Eager, ready-minded. Uh, Paul wasn't eager to die, but he was prepared to die. And I think that's something worth mentioning as we talk about 
being not ashamed of the gospel leading up to that. So as much as in me is, he says in verse 15, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Now, we know the way that, how was it that Paul eventually got to Rome? Anybody remember? By ship, yeah, and, and sometimes I ask questions, and uh, he got there by ship as a prisoner. Yeah, thank you. Uh, he was a prisoner. That's how he came to Rome. Uh, and we know that ultimately, Paul met his final fate in Rome. When Nero, uh, you know, the, the crazy Caesar, uh, when Nero had, his, had him killed, and, and uh, tradition says he was beheaded um, for preaching the gospel. Now, we're talking about not being ashamed of the gospel, okay? Uh, when Paul says, I'm ready and I'm eager, he wasn't saying, man, I'm eager to go into those stocks and chains. And he, and he wasn't saying, I'm eager to be decapitated for Christ. He wasn't saying that necessarily. And, and, and I'm saying all that to say, I think there's got to be an understanding of the obstacles that we face. To me, it's worth noting in verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why do you have to say that? You know, why is that not just a foregone conclusion? You know, why do we not read that and just say, well, of course you're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Who would ever be ashamed of the gospel of Christ? The point I'm trying to make is he was eager to come. He was eager to share. It wasn't that he was eager for the negative results of it. And I'm just saying that to say, I've always, uh, and I believe that when we look at that, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, that's in there for an obvious reason, I believe. And I believe the reason why is because for whatever reason, with our human nature, and you, can, and you can tell me if you believe I'm wrong, but for whatever reason, here, here you and I sit, saved, forgiven, so glad to know Jesus, so glad to, uh, you know, have our sins forgiven, so glad that we don't wonder about where we're going to spend eternity. And might I add, so, so glad to have hope to where, uh, you know what, There's, there is a sense, I'll just say this, listen to me closely, there is a sense in which I could care less what Fox News says today. Could care less. There's a sense in which that's true. And the sense that I say that in, the framework or the, that, that I say that in is with, with this. I know God's got it. I know my God. See, too many Christians come into this church all upset about everything going on in the world. And not excited enough about what God's doing in the world. And not excited enough about, you know what, I don't know what's going on, but I know God's got I know that we've got a personal responsibility. I do care what's going on in the world. But I'm just saying, there, there's a real sense in, why would you come in here on a Sunday morning, preacher, and not be talking about what's going on in the news today? I'll tell you why, because the world needs the gospel. Oh, we, we, we might be about to go to war, the world needs the gospel. They're trying to force some things on us we don't need, the world needs the gospel. Uh, I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? The, the, the answer is still the gospel, man. Uh, but, 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 but we can have this idea, we've been so blessed. But here we are, human nature, about feeling indebted, about being eager. Maybe we don't always want to feel indebted. Maybe we, we aren't always so eager to share the gospel. As human nature, I'm saying. We're not always maybe so eager to share the gospel. And sometimes, 
One reason we may not be so eager is we may struggle with shame. Now, you may be sitting there saved, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and like literally you're saying, yeah, I can remember a time like that, but preacher, I don't live my life that way. And, and I applaud you because I, I believe that's possible. I believe that's how we should live our lives. However, I think it's something to admit that many Christians can struggle with how eager they are to share the gospel with someone and how, how unashamed and how unashamedly they could do so. Not ashamed of the gospel. Uh, I'm eager to share the gospel. Uh, can anybody identify with that? Maybe not always feeling so eager to share the gospel. And one of the things that, that gets me is, especially with some of us, and, I, and you're, I, I, th- I can't help but think it's just on my mind this morning and on my heart, but I'm thinking how openly, you know, just, and I'm just going to bring this into modern times, okay? Uh, I'm thinking if, if I am more bold in my beliefs, and if I'm more bold to express uh, that I believe that everyone should be able to have a right to choose whether or not they're vaccinated, uh, which I believe. I mean, I believe that I believe the government doesn't have business. God Almighty has given us. Uh, get, government has never given. Government says it gives rights, takes away rights. God's the one who gives rights, not government. All right. Uh, so, but here's the here's here's the point I'm trying to make. If I am as a Christian and more bold and in more public. And if I am more known, unless it's my job, if I am more known as my position in terms of the vaccination than I am with my position with the gospel, I think I need to do some checking up. If I talk to more unsaved people, and if I am more excited and bold about that, then I'm more excited and bold about, hey, Jesus loves you and he can forgive you. See, we, as Christians, I, I believe seriously, as Christians, we can get roped into some things. I'm not saying not to be bold about it. I, did I say that? I didn't say that. I'm outspoken about these things. I'll say things about this. But my point is, when people see me coming, I don't want them to say, oh, there's the conservative, uh, you know, whatever, patriotic. I want that. But I don't want that to be the first thing. There's that Christian. <laughs> there's that man that's always trying to get me to Jesus. And along the way, he's also maybe got some other things to say. But my, but my point is, I don't want to be more bold. And I'm going to take a stand on this. I don't care what anybody says. I want to do that. But I don't want to do that more. I don't want to do that and then say, oh, and by the way, though, Jesus loves you. You know, I've told 20 people this week, boldly, what I thought about the vaccination. Uh... I guess I kind of started to invite that one person to church. I'd say God bless you to that one person, so I sort of witnessed to them. You see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm being a little facetious here. I'm not saying don't tell somebody 20 times what you think about the vaccination. I'm saying at least tell some, some at least make sure that you match that with 20 times of sharing somebody the gospel. You understand what I'm saying? Um, there's things that, that, that matter more. Ralph. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's 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 a great. I'm glad that's a great point to be brought up because I. I love this when this happens because one of the things I'll just say quickly and I'll get right back to Ralph's question is when you're, preaching and, when you're preaching and teaching and you're trying to make a point, honestly, even if you're in conversation and you're trying to really drive home a certain point, sometimes you can do it at the sake of going out of balance trying to make a point. Uh, but I'm glad uh, Ralph said that because he brought it way back over here to say, because uh, there's the other side of it, because I'm talking about not being or being ashamed, not being eager, and being ashamed when it comes to sharing the gospel. And then Ralph says, what if I'm basically so, can I use the word obnoxious about it? That's kind of the fear that I'm so, uh, so zealous with, an indivi- with one individual especially uh, that I could drive them away. All right, so that's, that's a great point to be brought up. And, and without speaking directly to, you know, the dynamic, without using you know, you, what's going on exactly in your family, but just speaking in general, uh, well, I, I guess maybe it'd be cool to open up and hear what some other people got to think about that. Uh, sharing the gospel with somebody to the point that you're going to drive them away. Uh, I think uh, my first thought with that is, I believe it can be done wrong. Now, I want you to disagree with me if, if you disagree, but I think it can be done uh, to where, I don't know, maybe the way I'm trying to say it is, at some point, do I, do I understand that God's the one that, have to do, that has to do the work? Uh, do I understand that, that it's not that I can push this? Now, Ralph? There's people that can push people to the point where, okay, fine, I'll say the prayer if you just leave me alone. I've seen that. Uh, I may have seen it with Ralph once. Uh, but, but and, and I see you, Nellie, but uh, it, it's like, um, it, it's the point of, uh, I think there has to be, uh, I think there has to be some discernment in there. Uh, the thing I do want to avoid is the idea in general, because sometimes what Ralph said, people can say just in general. If I share the gospel with people, I'm scared I'm going to offend them and drive them away. And sometimes people say that as in sharing the gospel, period. I'm, I'm scared if I share the gospel, period, I'm going to drive them away. Now, think about what we're saying. What are we saying there? I'm scared if I tell them about the gospel, I'm going to drive them away. It's like, well, they're kind of already... That they're lost already, right? It's like the, their only hope is to hear the gospel. Uh, may, maybe if that's a fear you have, maybe you can, especially if you have the opportunity, try to build a relationship with this person, um, you know, to where maybe, maybe then you can, you know, I, I know Doria sometimes, she'll, she'll write, uh, and I know, I know other people that have done this, they, they'll write letters, 
you know, have a hard time saying it right here in person, but, you know, hey, uh, you, know, you know what, Danny, uh, man, you're a friend of mine, and uh, something's really been, I just want to share some verses with you, share some thoughts. So we know that in general, but I would say that I believe that it can be done in a way that's uh, at some point, okay, I've sowed the seed, uh, I'm going to pray for you, I've told you the gospel, now I'm going to start showing you, the, I'm going to continue to show you the gospel. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you I love you. What we don't want to get is we don't want to draw that line in the sand. And this, this, this almost goes back to what I was saying earlier about some of, the way, some of the ways that we were taught when it comes to sharing the gospel and evangelism. It's almost like I'm going to draw this line in the sand and I'm going to give you the gospel and I'll love you, and I'll, I'll love you, and, and I'll show you the gospel if, you, if you'll come to this point. But until you get to this point, all I'm going to do is keep preaching the devil out of you, tell you you're going to hell uh, until you like it, and come over here and agree with me. Then I'll begin to love you and show you the love of Christ. But, you know, it's just like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do both. I'm going to, share the, I'm going to share the gospel with you, uh, but at some point I'm going to... Um, I'm going, and, and I'm just telling you what I believe on this. At some point, I'm going, and based on Scripture, I believe I'm going to try to build this. I'm, thinking, I'm going to try to show you the love of Christ. I'm going to try to build this relationship with you. Um, I'm going to pray that the opportunity comes up again. And I'll get Nathan here quick. That's coming from a farmer, and, and that's good because, and, and I say, and I, and I point that out just because coming from a farmer, um, you know, and just the idea that you can do, you know, yeah, anyway, I was thinking about trying to clarify it for people listening, but I don't think I'd be able to repeat it too well. But basically, you can push the seed too far, you cannot do it enough, you put too much on it. Basically, to summarize what Nathan was saying, you know, you can make it to where it doesn't work. Um, and so, and I, but I use that because Jesus is the one, God is the one that wanted to use the analogy of seed. Okay, so it's cool if we can learn a little bit more about planting seed, then I believe that we can learn a little bit more about sharing the gospel because that's the way God wanted us to understand what it means to share the gospel. So that's why I think that's a super valid point. Yeah, Doria? Yeah.
I like that. I'm, and I'm going to get Nellie next, but this is a good point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great point, just that if you have that friendship established, there's going to come a time, you know, and again, framework of the gospel, framework of friendship, but there's going to come a time where they know, again, I think if we're not careful, what's not that is what I have seen, and I think some of you have seen, basically, I'm going to tell you the gospel, but... If you don't get saved, all I'm going to do is tell you again. It's almost like I'm not having anything to do with you if, unless you do this. Hey, how's it going, Jesse? Good. Have you got saved yet? Nope. Okay, well, you need to get saved. Let me tell you. Okay, man. I was wanting to tell you about my mother that's sick. I was wanting to tell you that I got cancer, but I can't because all you're going to do is, like, use it as a, something to beat me against the head again. You know, so Dory is saying, you know, give it time. Keep that, fr- keep that friendship established or relationship established to where you'll have an opportunity uh, down the road to uh, share the gospel. Nelly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a real common thing. I, I know I can I can identify with you on that, Nelly, as well. The idea of uh, you know not wanting to not wanting to be rejected when you share, but then I, I think the big thing that that I probably struggle with is not wanting to be misunderstood. It's like I'm not trying to say what you may think I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to judge you. I'm not trying to think make you think I'm better than you or anything like that. Uh, but but to Ralph's point, I, with, with everything I believe there is to be taught in life, uh, and the scripture is no different, is that there really is a balance to it. And I, I, I applaud, and I feel like we need a whole lot more of what Ralph is giving. We need a whole lot more boldness to share the gospel. We need a whole lot more, you, you need Jesus, do you know the Lord? We need a whole lot more of that. Because we don't have enough of that. And again, you know, to Nathan's point, maybe it gets shoved too far in, you know, and maybe whatever. It, it's, it's, it, don't go too far with that, but we still need more of that. Uh, but if we could have it balanced with 
that relationship building, spending time. Uh, but I will say this to you, some advice that I was given uh, early on, and I, I have found it to be true in my life. Um, early on, Ed Ledford, which was a, a great soul winner, uh, you know, I told you that when I got saved, there wasn't hardly, I was a teenager, there wasn't any, uh, there wasn't any real teenagers that were in church consistently, uh, and so most of the people, my, my best friends in the church were, uh, you know, middle-aged to old men. Ed Ledford was close to 70. You know, here I am, 17 years old. He's 70 years old or near that, uh, and, but he's the guy I spent a lot of time with, and he said, Jesse, he said, he said, always try to, he said, whenever you start a new relationship with somebody, you know, friendship or whatever, co-worker, try to establish somewhere in there that you're a Christian. You know, and, and he says, it doesn't have to be, hey, I'm Jesse, I'm a Christian, <laughs> how are you? Uh, you know, but somewhere in there, you know, because he even talked about just something as simple as saying, uh, you know, uh, you know, how you doing today, man? Oh, man, uh, God's been good to me. Just something simple for somebody to say, oh, okay, because what's happened to me is times I haven't started a, somebody I've met that way, they just assume that I'm a pagan, and so they start talking pagan, acting pagan, and the whole thing, and then it's almost just like now I'm in, almost embarrassed to say, um, yeah, I don't believe that way. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe some of you are looking at me like, what? But it's, it's good if you can establish that early on in some way, letting people know that you are a Christian. And I guess I struggled with that more as a teenager in those days, but... Um, yeah, so there's that. I saw Matt's hand go up earlier. I want to get back to that. That's right. Yeah, I, I use the, a couple of things I use as examples, and I'll try to do it quickly. It was just made such an impression on me that when I had started a job and a Christian, I was, well, I was, I was, probably, I was either 18 or 19, uh, but I'd started a job in heating and air conditioning, and, uh, and, and I've told you some of this before, but just long story short, man, those, those were some rough dudes I worked with, and uh, the uh, one guy I can remember in particular, Mark, uh, and, but there was a number of these guys, but Mark was one of them, to where, like, here I am, you know, I, I'm a Christian, number one, I'm a young guy starting a job, and then if you, you know me, I'm uh, a friendly person. I like I like making friends. I like talking to people and whatever. And so there'd be a couple of guys over here, uh, you know, talking. And I heard what I could hear their conversation. And Ralph, they're talking about football from yesterday. You know, this is on Monday. You know, something like that. Maybe they're talking about the NASCAR race. By the way, I started following NASCAR a little bit just because NASCAR is pretty big among those guys. I started following NASCAR a little bit just so I could uh, relate to them a little bit. Uh, I born and raised in North Carolina, still couldn't care less about NASCAR, but, but, I, but I still learned enough about it uh, to where I'd have a relationship. Long story short, I'd be like, okay, then I'd just kind of walk up, you know, because I'm wanting to build a relationship, I'm hoping to uh, eventually, and then immediately when Mark would see me walk up, he would start describing some uh, pornographic movie he had watched in, in as graphic terms as possible. The moment I walked up, you say, preacher, what'd you do? I'd walk up and I'm like, walk away. You say, what would they do? They'd laugh at me to scorn. Amen. <laughs> they just uh, laughed, you know, they thought it was the funniest thing. But I'm not going to sit there and talk to them about that, uh, right? 
And, uh, and he was just one of these guys that teased me. He's the guy that I've told the story a bunch of times, you know, about the guys. He was like one of the main guys when we all loaded up to go to the lunch. It's like, you know, where are we going? Let's take Jesse to Hooters, you know, and all that. And I'm like, but, but I didn't try to get all holy and sanctimonious. I'm like, nah, man, you guys can go to Hooters if you want to. I said, I'll just go across the street into McDonald's or whatever, you know, and they would laugh. But Mark, man, he, he made it tough. He was, uh, but I would, I've just all, I never let it get to me, if you know what I mean. I would almost just play along and laugh, and, and I wouldn't get involved in the stuff. And, but it was so cool that when his girlfriend's dad passed away, he come to me, and here I'm just a 19-year-old kid. He comes to me and just says, Jesse, he's like, man, I really need you to pray. And it might have been before, before her dad actually passed away when he was sick. And he had me, he, he wanted me to pray for her, for his, you know, a girlfriend's dad. And he wanted to talk to me about what was going on in his life. And her, her dad ended up passing away. I went to the, uh, to the funeral. And man, you talk about... Uh, and you know what happened? I don't know if Mark ever got saved or not, but I'm telling you what, it got to the point to where Mark better not hear you talking about some porn pornographic movie in front of me anymore, I'll tell you that much, uh, because Mark became my buddy. Mark became uh, my guy, uh, not because I compromised, not because I said, oh, I'm going to show him you know, that I'm not a holier-than-thou Christian. I can talk about pornography. You know, there's preachers that do that kind of stuff, and Christians that try to justify you know, I'm going to cuss it up with them and see and show them just how much I'm a normal guy. I didn't do that. Uh, but, I, but I think about that, you know, uh, re relationship, and, and I can think about some others, and I don't want to take uh, too much time talking about my thing. I, I, I will tell you this, and I think there was another hand or two I'd like to get, but I just, I just got to share this with you. It's, it's something just to put things in perspective because, again, balance. One of the things that I say we could use more of what Ralph has is for this reason. Uh, Ralph's approach isn't taking the long-term approach, is it? It's not. It's, buddy, you need to get saved right now. Told you the gospel. Did you hear it? Yeah. Did you understand it? Yeah. You want to get saved right now? No. Well, let me tell, tell you again a little bit harder this time. <laughs> Maybe a little bit louder. All right? Uh, now, obviously, I believe that, that that approach can go too far. It can get out of balance. But here's the thing. You've got to be a little careful, too, about imagining that you've got 20 or 30 years. Okay? And I'm just telling you this from my heart. And, and again, I, I can stand before God with this, but it still hurts. I, I had a friend this week that uh, went to her funeral, a co-worker, uh, passed away a couple years younger uh, than me. And, uh, and I had made it a point, just like I do with so many other people, to, to try to build a relationship uh, with this person, become a friend to this person. Uh, she wasn't known to be the easiest person to become friends with. Uh, you know, she, she, she could be uh, a little scary. She was known to be, have a little bit of a temper and things like that, you know. Uh, but I made it a point to build a relationship with her, and praise the Lord, I want to tell you, I got to share the gospel with her on a number of occasions. I showed, I showed her the love, I tried to show her the gospel, and I told her the gospel. I invited her to church. Uh, I, I had these opportunities. And, uh, and, and she was the one, I've, you've heard me tell the story, some of you, she was the one that I found out that her uncle was a preacher in the northwest somewhere, northwestern part of the United States. And she was telling me all about him. She was like, yeah, he's told me about some of this stuff. And I was telling you how that that made an impression on me. Like, wow, guess what? 
I guarantee you, that man has been praying, Lord, please send someone into her life to show her the love of Christ. Lord, please, maybe somebody she works with. You want, you want to know something? That person you work with, that neighbor of yours, would you believe that there's probably somebody in this country or in this world praying, Lord, please send somebody by to share the gospel with them. There, there's some lonely widow, there's some, there's some person somewhere that, that somebody's praying, please send somebody. And you know what? You're the answer to that prayer. And that dawned on me one day. But one of the things I kept thinking about, you know, Jennifer, was how that uh, she uh, lived over toward Akron. And I thought, man, I need to get her to try to go over to Michael's church. Uh, long story short, I, I know that I shared the gospel with her. I know I showed her the love of Christ. But the thing that really struck me this week, you know, going to her funeral and just thinking about uh, the, the loss, uh, is I just thought, man, how much more time I thought I had. You know, this long-term plan to try to get her to Jesus. Uh, and, and, and it's fine. I really, I can stand before God with what I've done. But there was still just a real sense of, man, I thought I had more time. She's a couple years younger than me. I thought I had more time with this. Uh, and so, just the balance. Don't just, you know, say, I'm going to love on them so much. At one point, they're going to say, man, can you tell me how to be saved? Uh, love on them that much. But love on them that much and just let them know, too, hey, Jesus loves you. Uh, you can have a relationship with him. You know, get that balance. Don't be so out of balance that you're beating them over the head, but don't be so out of balance that they just think you're a good church person, uh, that you hope that one day they're going to say, why are you such a good church person, uh, or something like that. Don't get so far out of balance that way. Don't feel like you got all this time. Uh, just try to find a balance in there, I think would be... Uh, be my advice in not being ashamed. Uh, we got just literally a couple of minutes, uh, Ronnie. Yes. Yep. Amen. That's right. And, and that is, that's a great point. I mean, I, I, when, when Ronnie says that, I think about how Jesus said you, we, we're salt. And I know that the main thing about salt is the preservation of salt. Uh, but there's still something to say about salt making you thirsty, amen? And uh, our, our lives ought to make somebody thirsty. It really should. Melanie? Yeah, I think that's good. That's a great perspective, actually. Yeah, Paul, you know, 
fall watered, and I mean, just, just on down how that, that's that watering process. One waters, one, one sows, one waters. Uh, you know, God get, ultimately, God gives the increase. Emily? Right. <laughs> Amen. That's awesome. I got I'm, one reason I'm grinning so big because number one, Emily's here with the kids, and that's awesome. And uh, we're praying for Billy over uh, in uh, in Cutter, I believe. Uh, and uh, but uh, one of the things I can't help but tease about is that uh, anytime, whenever I go to get my teeth cleaned, uh, it's like I almost always come back, and I'm just like, oh, I'm at, depending on the hygienist. Uh, uh, but uh, I believe I believe the last hygienist, the, the last hygienist that did my teeth, I got a great conversation with her as well. And uh, I came back and I was like, oh man, you had a great conversation. And so I started teasing about being a missionary to the dental hygienist of the area. Uh, but, uh, but no, that's awesome, Emily, and we're, we're so glad about that. But that, that's good, ha- having excitement, amen? And, uh, and, and it, it's, it's, it's exciting too as a pastor because it's cool that when I, when I can invite people to church, I don't invite them and I don't say, oh yeah, you got to come, man. You, you, you got to hear me preach. You just won't believe it. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I don't have to try to sell that, okay? Uh, I can say, uh, man, you wouldn't believe the people there. You wouldn't believe what God's doing in the hearts of the people there. We got a great group of people. Uh, You know, I can promise you, you'll be welcome, uh, you know, and and whatever else. It's good to be able to be excited about what God's doing because it's it's not about me uh, and it's not about you. And and I'm so glad that, uh, you know, as you say that, there's a, there's a term that I think about that I haven't heard, or at least I haven't noticed in a while. Um, and I remember when I very first started the church uh, 10 years ago, I remember that for a long time it was a common thing of, oh, yeah, Jesse, we're trying to get people to come to your church. And it was called my church a lot. And not in the same sense that it's Richard's church, okay? Uh, it wasn't said quite in that same sense, because I understand that now. Oh, Jen, I want to come to your church. But it was said a little bit more in, like, my church. You know, since I'm the pastor and I'm the one that started, I'm just like, oh, well, it's not really my church. It's, it's God's church, you know, in, in that sense. Now, this is my church in the sense that I belong here uh, and I'm a part of this and I'm a, a very grateful part of it. But there, there, at one point, there was a sense in which it seemed like it was, you know, Jesse's church. And, uh, and I'm so glad I haven't heard that in a really long time, Amen. Uh, because it's about the Lord and what the Lord's doing in y'all. Amen? All right, well, hey, don't be ashamed to share the gospel. Uh, and, uh, man, I, I appreciate Ralph bringing it up because I think that helped us 